Hacker Media family, Vladimir Proknevsky here, and welcome to episode number 21 of the Ukramedia podcast, where I serve our Ukramedia family with weekly interviews from highly creative people. Today's guest is Tim Thiessen. Tim is an After Effects artist with well over 23 years of experience. My twin brother, Sergey, has been heavily influenced by Tim. In fact, Sergey calls Tim his mentor and a good friend. Tim, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Tim, I'm so excited to finally talk to you. I've been hearing so much about you from Sergey. When Sergey is about to release a product, this happens almost like all the time. I always hear him say, Vlad, hold on, let me run this by Tim real quick before we ship it. True story. He always says that. You know, you clearly heavily influenced him. And so thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for always being available. Before we jump in into your journey of being a creative and all, I'd love to hear a little bit about your personal life. Well, uh, I, uh, I'm an After Effects artist. I've been uh, doing, like say, for 23 years. I live up in uh, Portland, Oregon, and um, I have a wife and uh, a wife of uh, just celebrated 30 years. Oh, wow. and congratulations. Uh, thank you. Uh, I've got two kids. One is 21 and the other is 24, uh, a daughter and a son, and uh, they're sort of following in our footsteps, being creative and going to school for that and so, yeah, it's great. It's a good fun uh, living up in uh, uh, Portland, Oregon. Awesome. I also know that you're a big runner. How many ru- uh, miles a week do you run? Well, I'm actually currently injured, but I'm still running at least 21 miles. I've gone as high as 50-something, 50 53. And so I, I like to average about five a day, so about 35 Five a day. Wow. You know, I started this challenge. I'm doing the 30 day challenge and I'm trying to run. Well, in 30 days, I'm trying to run 100 miles, 100 miles. So I'm so far day four and I'm 14.4 miles or something like that. Or maybe 16. I I lost count, but I have it written down. So I'm trying to catch up with you. Now, I've heard somebody say that I think it was Joey from the School of Motion. He told me that because like I'm, I'm running right now and my knees are starting to hurt. And he said, Vlad, if you take your shoes off and you run barefoot, I guess like the form that you have when you run barefoot is like the most proper form for running. And then, you know, once you learn how to run properly without your shoes on, then you start putting shoes on. Now, do you have any techniques, anything that I can do so my knees don't hurt? What do you do? Well, um, yes, there is that the whole minimal shoe kind of theory of running. And I kind of subscribed to that for a little while. And I've kind of gone the other way. And I'm on maximal shoes. Now I run with Hoka's. And uh, my knees haven't hurt for a long time. I tend to get tendonitis in different in different parts of my body. And um, I would suggest starting slowly. I mean, the way to make it a habit is to do, you know, constantly going more and more, but doing it, starting off slowly. So you don't, you don't want to, you know, jump in both feet and do a half marathon on your first day out. And then you, you know, you die the rest of the time. So, you know, icing is a great thing for your knees. Ibuprofen, uh, you can check out things like KT tape that uh, can add support to your knees. Uh, better changing your running form is, is a good piece of advice. It takes a little while, but doing those things will improve your, um, you know, how your knees feel or whatever. So Sounds good. Th- those are good things. I'll make sure to incorporate all of those things. <laughs> now, how did yeah. you get started in After Effects? I'm curious to find out. So you started like back in 1991, which I believe it was like four years old, long time ago. So walk me through that. 
Well, I was, uh, I decided that I needed to be, uh, do a job where I was indoors working with computers and, and, uh, I knew a guy who, uh, had a company that had one of the first 12 Avids in the world, uh, the 12th Avid in the world. Uh, so I learned how to be an Avid editor. And then in about 95 designer friend of mine, I was an Avid editor and a designer friend of mine said, hey, you got to check out this uh, piece of software. It does animation. And I was kind of interested in that. And so I thought, well, yeah, that's that could be kind of cool. So we talked our boss into getting an After Effects station. We already had a flame in-house and that was kind of a big deal. And uh, then we got this After Effects station and we didn't we didn't know. I mean, nobody called it motion graphics. We didn't even know what that was. And we didn't we called it animation. And we actually, we called it COSA because we're like going to run it through COSA. And we're like, okay, yeah, that's, I mean, because that was the name of the original company. Oh, I didn't so, know that. Yeah. And we bought, I mean, we had a, I, I started on version 2.0. And one of the first things I had to do was download and upgrade it wasn't off the web. It was on AOL. And <laughs> yeah, you upgrade to 2.02 or something like that. And it was like, what the heck? It was just, yeah, and I think it was like on a dial-up modem I had to download. How it. long did so that was, take? I, I, I think it's still downloading. No, um, <laughs> uh, just but uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of crazy. And, and there weren't any uh, effects, you know, like the, the first effects package was called final effects, which was kind of weird because it was literally the first third party one. And you had to call the company and they were in Uppsala, Sweden, and you had to call collect to them, which My is goodness. like, I, it like I don't even know how to call internationally call collect. That was the weirdest thing. So we called them, and of course it's in the middle of the night in Sweden because we were in in the middle of the day, and uh, you know somebody answered, and halfway through the thing I'm like, I hope they can speak English because my Swedish is pretty bad. <laughs> Do they speak English? Yeah, they did. And and in fact, uh, a couple of years later at, at Seagraph, I, I ran into them and I said, you know, that was the craziest thing. I was like, and they're like, yeah, we had a guy whose only job it was is to stay up all night and take calls from America. And, uh, it, you know, it was it was crazy. It was like that. that's that's the weirdest thing. But it was, you know, it was kind of wild, wild west back then. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, we we were learning a lot about After Effects and, you know, doing stuff. And it was, you know, I mean, I talk about you could only have one effect on a layer. <laughs> you could only have one mask on a layer. So if you wanted more mask or more layer, you know, effects, you would pre-comp. So you really learned how to pre-comp everything because you just needed more stuff. You know, and then things would take take forever to render. That's what I was going to ask you. I was reading through your uh, bio. It says that one of your first renders took 40 hours to complete. That is crazy. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was, I was doing a thing for Nike, and it was just a little marketing piece. And there were these – we had this clip of a, or a, a foot. It was all stills. It wasn't any footage. And it was a, a foot going up, and then we dissolved on um, this shoe because we were marketing a shoe. And there couldn't have been maybe – 20 feet that dissolved to shoes in the background. They're kind of floating upwards. 
And it took 40 hours to render. I'm like, hmm. what? I mean, it would today, and it was standard def. We're not talking high def. We're not talking anything big. It would probably take 30 seconds, not even to render that. It would probably render before you even noticed it because it's just, it was so simple. It was not any crazy effects, not anything. It was just, it was a lot slower back then. Now, and then now you're uh, doing coding. You're, you're getting into all that stuff. How did that come about? Um, I've always sort of been, I, I, I mean, back in the day, I learned basic when I was in high school and we had a, you know, TRS-80 computer with 4K of memory. And so I've always been interested in programming in a couple of years, uh, like in 2006, I hacked together my own little script to do something. And I've, I kind of always thought, oh, it'd be nice to get back to that. And um there's a lot of resources on the web. I mean, there are just amazing amounts of help out there. And uh, so last year I decided, well, I'm going to, I've got this one course I, I saw that was free and I was like, oh, I'll try this. And so I, I went through and watched all of them and I actually figured out, I'm like, oh yeah, I can do this. And so I started making, I had some ideas for, for different um scripts and thought, oh yeah, I can do this. And, and, uh, one of the, the ideas and, and a lot of the scripts I do, I do to learn how to do scripts, you know, kind of like I make projects so I can learn. I don't necessarily do the easiest way. I do it a way I don't know how to do. So I've got to, I force myself to learn basically. And, uh, one of them, like the one that's I'm selling on AE scripts is uh, called Chain and Sprockets. And that one actually started like in 2016 as an idea for a, a Skillshare class. And I was like, oh, I could teach people how to make gears and and align a chain. I was like, oh, that's would be kind of fun. You know, I'm like, oh. And then I realized about halfway through, I, I was like, you know, I could actually do that via scripting. You know, I mean, I sort of set a challenge for myself and I was like, how would I do that and make it, you know, be usable and customizable and, and all these things. And it actually worked out pretty cool. And I taught myself how to uh, make shape layers. And um, it's just, it was really a lot of fun learning how to make that script usable. I'm curious, did you go to school for any of this or is it all of it was self-taught? Well, uh, originally, I mean, gosh, uh, I graduated in like 1986 from from college. I have an associate's degree in television. It, I mean, the things I do now didn't, I mean, even the stuff I did in 95 didn't exist in 1985 or 86. It was just, there were so many jobs. I mean, they were still training people how to be cameramen, like in studio cameramen. And it's like, that job doesn't exist anymore. So I've always been interested in learning how to do new things and, and, you know, like taking that through. And, and I think it's a, I think that's key in, in this industry is, you know, wanting to be able to learn and not shying away from that. Now, speaking of learning new things, I was reading again through your bio and I see that you spent three years shooting time-lapse plants in the basement for stock footage. Walk me through that. How did that idea come about? Well, uh, I ran into a guy at Seagraph, who, a company called Artbeats. They no longer exist. He's retired. But they were in Oregon. And our company had just 
uh, come up with, uh, or we just bought a, a telecine, so a film to tape uh, transfer. And I said, well, you know, he's got to be doing stuff in, you know, in either Seattle or San Francisco. He should come to our place. And so I got him up there. And um, so I started a relationship with him in terms of like, hey, I got this idea for doing stock footage. And, and that worked into, I did, I did some clocks and then some gears. And I, I had always wanted to do time lapse. And so I, I decided, well, you know, what's a better way to do that than, you know, for stock footage, and it'll give me a goal, having goals is a, you know, uh, a good way to keep going. And so I, um, I put together kind of like uh, a series of plants. I grew them in my basement. I had a bathroom that, a shower stall that wasn't being used, and and I built these these rigs with plants, and and uh, I shot for three years. I, I it took me about a year and a half to do the first one, and then another year and a half to do the second one. And it was kind of fun because you could do it while doing other work. I mean, I would shoot. I mean, setting it up was the big thing, but then you let it go. You don't go into the room. You don't do anything. And and so I had a lot of fun, you know, looking at plants and figuring out how, how this is going to work. And it's cool. I've seen several of my plants on actual television. I mean, in commercials. Nice. Wow. Uh, Wait, which had, commercials? Do you remember? Yeah. Um, I saw a – I did a lily that's in my backyard. That was the fun thing. I could take plants from my yard that is in a uh, Ralph Lauren spot nice. for a, uh, for a fragrance. And it was funny because I just happened to see it on the air and I'm like, wait, that's mine. I had to like <laughs> pause and like, yeah, that's really my footage. That's cool. And then I saw another one where uh, it was a NASCAR green commercial and they were showing, they were talking about their recycling and whatever. And they had a shot of, a pea plant growing from over top. And that was, I knew that was mine because that's what I shot. And uh, so it was, it was very funny because my daughter actually saw it and she's like, Hey, that's yours. And she paused it and I came running in. I'm like, what? That's my, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's fun. Now, why did so, you stop? Well, um, I mean, the, the thing is I came up with, I had like 60 different plant shots for sale and 60 is a big number. He basically wanted 30 for each product and, you know, 10 you can do off the top of your head, 20, it's a little bit harder. And 30, you're like, man, I got to find some stuff to actually, um, you know, shoot. So I kind of was out of ideas for plants. Um, I ended up doing some more stop motion kind of things. I did some products that weren't necessarily uh, successful. I did a uh, stop motion. Uh, I called it snacks. It was uh like a plate and then it would fill up with snacks and then it would stop motion get eaten away or not plants it got with snacks got you know so that was kind of a and of course it took me about a year to do that and then none of them sold or only a handful of them sold so that was kind of a so speaking of the the selling part was it profitable for you doing all this the plants were very profitable. The like say the snacks one that I did, while it was fun to do when I learned about stop motion and stuff like that, it was not profitable. I probably spent way more on even one of the shots than I made. <laughs> so, <laughs> did you learn anything from this experience? Yeah, well, probably that I should have asked advice for what uh, what I should have shot, but. I mean, it was a learning experience. I mean, it, 
I, I learned that, you know, hey, I learned how to do this one thing. I learned that it may not be profitable to do every every idea, but, you know, as long as you take away that you learn something from it, then it's valuable. Oh, true. It all adds up know? after a while. It definitely it compounds. Now, I want to circle back to something you said at the beginning. You, you mentioned Avid Editor, the Avid uh, Avid Pro. I was just in Boone, North Carolina yesterday at, with the Samaritan's Purse, and I was in their mm-hmm. media department, and they still use Avid. They were saying how I guess it's just uh, because it's connected with their system. It's more corporate friendly. You can work. I'm curious. Do you still use Avid, or you're a uh, Premiere kind of guy? Um, well, actually, I don't edit anymore, which is nice because I, I I don't think like an editor anymore. When you're an editor, you think of things certain ways. Our company uses uh, where I currently work. They have we have Avid's, and it's very funny. My son is interning with us this summer, and he's been a Premier guy. And you know, it's like oh, I love to drag things around, and he's been forced to use Avid, and he's like. Oh, actually, you know, after about a week, he's like, oh, I can see why you'd want to use Avid. And he's like, eh, it's different. And, he, you know, he now knows a lot of the hot keys and he's kind of getting into it. So it works good. I mean, there are different situations. If you're a one man band and you got a lot of, you know, you're doing After Effects and Premiere, they kind of tie really well together. If you're in a bigger company where you have to work with a lot of people, it may be easier to work with Avid. You know, if you've got everything tied together, they both have their benefits and their, you know, quirky ways of working. If you can know both, if you, I think that just makes you a better editor. You know, you can master both and that might be a good yeah, thing. Yeah, definitely won't hurt. And I've never worked with Avid and I was surprised that both, I think both the Billy Graham and the Samaritan Spurs both use it. So I was, uh, I was very surprised because I thought everyone these days uses Premiere. Now, I want to get into your journey a little bit. So 23 years of experience, surely you had one painful experience as an artist. Can you share one with us? Well, I think uh, off the top of my head, well, there was a lot of projects I worked on that were just painful. And uh, I think one of the, several of them come to mind. Uh, We were tasked with doing a cosmic zoom. I don't know if you know what cosmic zoom is. Back in the late 90s, it was really hot to have some, you know, picture and then you'd zoom out all the way out to the world. Well, After Effects wasn't the best way to do it. We didn't even have 3D in After Effects. So it was kind of and you have to have a lot of assets. And I just remember working on that for, you know, days and days on end and weeks on end. And it just was so painful because you couldn't even ram previews. So you would. You'd, you'd hand move the the uh, function or the curve and it would just you'd be like oh it's going great and then it would go it would dip below because you were using such big numbers and it was just it was a painful project to work on that one I mean I think I learned that you know maybe you should not bite off more than you can chew on that one I remember also working on a project where um, this is before planar tracking and before we just gotten tracking and they wanted to track this number on a front of a moving stock footage of a moving train like old time steam engine going around a corner and so i was just sitting there track trying to track that thing and it would wouldn't track very well and you had to hand corner hand track four point corner pin tracking and i don't know if you've ever tried that but it's it's 
a Sounds nightmare. painful. And I would, yeah. And so I would, you know, sit like I would have it looping on the screen and I'd be like watching it, you know, from an inch away and seeing every little, every little uh, flaw and just obsessing over it and hating it. And, oh, and then we've, we, I mean, I finally delivered something that was acceptable, but still bugged me. And then I saw it on the air and it was a two second clip that went by and you didn't notice anything. And I was like, Oh my God. Don't gosh. you hear when that happens? You work so hard on something and it's just like for five second piece. Yeah. But I didn't even, you know, the cool thing was, is I, it taught me that, you know, maybe I don't obsess so much over things because they aren't exactly perfect and they'll, you know, they look fine. They're acceptable. So maybe I was being a little too hard on myself and on that project. So now share one best project that you worked on to date. Um, well, I've worked on some stuff. Uh, a friend of mine does some explainer videos and I help him out with those. And just, a, we, we got to play a little bit with character animation and it, is very fun because when I work with him, he's he's a great designer. I love working with him, and he really pushes me. So, you know, it's like I always think of like, well, you know, if I'm working on something with him, I'm like, I got to bring something to the table. I got to make it a little extra because, you know, this is is my friend Danny Rubiano, and it's like this is Danny's stuff. And like, I got to take it to the next level because his stuff is just so good and. It's very fun because it's he's a very positive person to work with, and he really loves when you do something a little extra. And he's just so it's it's kind of like it's a, it's a whether it's hard or not, it's it's like you got to push yourself to to do something a little extra. And so that I love that uh, that sort of feeling is you know, you, and you get it done, and you're like, wow, this actually looks really cool, and it was really fun and. And uh, you get a lot of positive feedback from that. So No, that's true. You know, when you get around people that are, so, I guess the standards are so much higher. A lot of people that I worked with, like especially with Samaritan Spurs, I feel like just the organization in general, their standards are so much higher. And when you get into the group, you automatically go up to that standard. So I, I think yeah. it's good to get around people that are so much better than you. That way it, it forces you to perform better. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely getting around, you know, and, and just pushing yourself to be, you know, to to go to the higher level. Yeah. Now, share one of your personal habits that contributes to your success. I am an organizational. I mean, I, I love to organize my things. I name every layer, like layers hmm. that are knolls that I throw away. I name them. I don't, I, I, I'm just an organizational, in fact, my friend who, you know, he'll, he'll like, he'll have me fix stuff for him because I organize it. I go through and clean things up and, and just make sure everything is tight. And I just love that. That to me is, and that also contributes to my success in, in scripting or, you know, having scripts that work, you have to be very organized I think that's one thing that a lot of people, because you can, you know, you can just jerry rig stuff together and throw it together and it will work. It may work, but if you, you know, have to go back and revise it or go back and you want to grab something from that, like, oh, I did a real cool thing here. I'm going to use it over here. 
it's such a mess that it's hard to get into it. And so I think that's a, a good habit for people or, you know, After Effects artists to get into is, you know, I, in sharing files with other people, you know, you want it to be as clean as possible so they don't have a hard time. I want people to like, if I shared a project with you, you'd open it up and you'd be like, oh, I understand what he's doing. It's, this is the one I got to render. I mean, I, I've seen people have comp one inside comp one inside comp. And you're like, what, what's this? I don't even, I can't even figure out what the one to render is. So, you know, it's interesting. Sergey always uh, told me about you that your, uh, your scripts are always perfect. Like they're very well organized. That's what he, he would call me and be like, man, Tim just helped me out in the script and wow, he just simplified everything. It looks so organized, so perfect. So as you were sharing that, I was just picturing my conversation with Sergey. So it just validates that you are the guy, that guy. <laughs> well, it was very funny because, and this was a, a cool thing. When, when we first met, I want to tell that story. It was kind of fun. So I had, I had been on YouTube and I'd been looking at, you know, you always see those ones, you know, top 10 things that you don't know about After Effects or, or something like that or top 10 expressions you need to know. And I always, I always watch those and I'm like, yeah, right. What, you know, what am I going to learn from somebody who, who's been doing After Effects? You know, I've got 23 years experience. I'm not going to, I'm humble enough to know that I can learn, but I I always look at those things and go, you know, I don't know. I, so I started watching Sergey's thing and I was like, I actually had to get like out a notebook and start writing stuff down. (laughs) I mean, I'm like, and I got like, like off of one, I got like three pages of stuff and I'm showing it to friends. I'm like, dude, did you know After Effects could do this? I'm like, crap, this is amazing. I'm like, how the heck? <laughs> and and uh, so then, and and I hadn't contacted him. I, I think I may have made some comment like, you know, wow, I've got 20 plus years experience and I'm learning stuff from you. I'm like, this is crazy. And then somehow we got hooked to get uh, hooked up and he sent me his script and I was like, yeah, I think I can. And this was the one that, that became smart wrecked and it was called something else. I don't remember what it was, but, uh, I was like, I think I can help him out on this. And, and so like over, over an afternoon, I went through and looked at and gave him some suggestions on how to make it better and whatever. And like, I sent it to him and he was like, Oh my gosh. He's like, can I call you up? <laughs> it was hilarious. Didn't you did you come up with the name too, Smart Rec? I think it was yeah. your idea. I think yeah, well, that. I have I don't know if it's my superpower, but I can come up with names for quirky names for things. And and so i I mean, it's kind of fun. I, I love coming up with, with fun names. So Smart Rec was because um, I would always like if I would was doing a rectangle in you know a solid and I just want to name something I didn't want to think about it I was just like I'd call it wrecked and I'd, I'd you know kind of like my, my own little fun thing is I used a k instead of a c I was like yeah I'm kind of cool and edgy whatever but uh, <laughs> so when he he was coming up with something I'm like well it makes a rectangle you know and so uh, I mean it starts that way because it's a, a right. shape I'm like well it's kind of smart I'm like I put those two together and there you go came up with the name I it, to me it was just a fun thing well and we appre- we appreciate it I remember Sergey struggle with the name and he's like that's it I got the name talk to Tim he thinks it should be this I love it I was like yeah I love this why didn't we think of that <laughs> and so we ran with it it's been great ever since now what is the best advice that you've ever received 
Well, uh, actually, I received advice from my dad, and he said to me a long time ago, he said, you need a job where you can get paid to watch television. <laughs> and I followed that advice to this day, and it's been really good. Um, <laughs> I was a kid who, my dad was a landscaper, and uh, he worked outdoors, and he did a lot of hard work. He was a very hard worker. And um, I quickly realized that, gosh, that was something I didn't want to do. I can work hard, but... As a child, I did not enjoy that. So he perfectly summed up that I needed to work, you know, in a different field. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's so. interesting you mentioned that because, like, I hate going to Home Depot and all those like home improvement shops. Like, I hate doing home improvement stuff around the house. And circuit is the same way. So for me, just like to work in construction because a lot of Ukrainians and Russians, when they move from the from Ukraine, like the first jobs in construction. You know, all that stuff that I can care less about. And yeah. I'm just happy that I am not in that career because, man, just the oh, thought yeah. of building stuff. I don't know why. Some people, they just love it. Father's Day, everybody gets tools and stuff. Like, I don't care for tools. <laughs> I don't care for yeah. any of that stuff. But anyway. Now, share one online resource that you find very helpful and useful. Um, well, since I've been scripting, the thing I, I started with was uh, ProVideoCoalition.com. They have David Torno's scripting class. I mean, it's like 19 chapters, and some of them are you know part one and part two. It's a massive undertaking that is out there for free. I mean, even like if you want to download it, I think it's like 15 bucks. But the amount of time he put into creating that series is just amazing. And it was, for me, that was how I got into it. Um, there's a lot of JavaScript uh, resources out there, too, and a lot of people that are willing to help you learn. But that was the thing that, and I went through all 19 chapters, and I mean, it's probably 20-something hours of stuff, and it's just, like, amazing. But, it, I mean, it's it's very specific to script writing, and uh, it really helped me out. And I've learned, I've taken other classes that got me further along, but that got me started. Awesome. So. Now, what are you the most excited about today? Um, well, I'm, I'm currently working on a bouncer for you guys. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the plugin that we're going to release, and it's going to be a free plugin. And it, it applies the overshoot and bounce back expression to selected layers or properties and I'm working on the marketing part of it, like the quick start guide. And I've got the uh, uh, script all buttoned up, but, you know, just getting the final stuff, getting it all put together. That's the, that's the part that's a little more work, but it's going well. Uh, it's should, I'm got to get it done here pretty quick. It's a, it's a fun script. It works. I always love it when a script works that's right. the amazing part. Um, you put all these things together and it actually works and doesn't break. So I'm, I'm really happy about that. And uh, I can't wait to see that come out and see how people like that. Because I think it's a um, my other script is a very specific script. And it's, you know, it I knew it was a very specific script and, and not everybody would want to use it. But I think Bouncer is one of those ones that like everybody should have in their tool chest because it's uh, it, it's just an easy way to create these things. That, and I use it. That's the other thing is I use it. I create these scripts for me so I can use them. But, uh, yeah. Now, how can people get in touch with you? 
Um, they can find me at pixelbot, P-I-X-E-L-B-O-T at gmail.com. And that's where I am. All right, Tim. Thank you so much for your time. Before we go, can you pronounce your last name for me? I want to make sure I didn't butcher it. Uh, you've been pronouncing it correctly. Thiessen. Thiessen. It's a German. Yeah, it's a German name. The H is silent and the I-E says E. So Sounds it's good. kind of weird. All right, Tim. Well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Tim Thiessen. Make sure to check out Tim's Chain and Sprocket script on aescripts.com. Our expressions course is now live. You can find it at euchromedia.com slash expressions. All the links and resources mentioned in this episode are also available on our website at euchromedia.com slash 21. Don't forget to join our online mentoring group on Facebook. Simply go to euchromedia.com slash community. We have well over 2,000 people in this group. It is a great online resource for those of you who are trying to grow. Thank you so much for joining me on the journey of this podcast. I appreciate you and I look forward to serving you in the next episode of the Ecromedia Podcast. Bye-bye. 